0: This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On set you. Your
1: Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All
2: right, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I am Robin Leano. Carl Pavlik is also here as well as we get ready to break down the Arizona Coyotes' loss to Florida Panthers. Also joining us in today's episode is for a special crossover, Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. Mondo, how are you doing? Uh, Robin, Carl, it's great to be here uh, with you guys. Uh, we couldn't do
0: this uh, last season due to the pandemic uh, shortened season. So it's great to uh, have a regular 82 game season and to be uh, doing this episode with you guys. Uh, only only twice a year that uh, these two teams play against each other, so great to get together with you guys.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I found myself like this whole season, we've been playing a lot of East Co- Eastern Conference teams. I'm just like, oh yeah, we haven't played them in over a year. I have no clue what happened. Uh, the we'll, we'll we'll talk about the game in a little bit, but I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised to see joe thornton on the ice uh <laughs> wearing a panthers jersey I was like oh yeah that did happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's funny yeah. too i was
2: i was listening to the uh to, to the game too about the you know the last time these two teams played and uh i think it was yeah bob Heathouse on the on the coyotes radio network says it was since uh february 25th 2020 um so it's and I think that was the last time they they matched up each other and I think the last time it was in Florida was I think in January 2020 or something like that like they they had a close they had two close games like that but
1: it's been a while. <laughs> it has definitely. Uh, I do not remember the last time we played the Panthers. Them being the best team in the NHL, which they arguably are right now.
0: Yeah, um, and there's been a lot of turnover ever since. Uh, that was. Technically, uh, two seasons ago. Uh, yeah, it I was know. two seasons ago. Crazy to think. I was, uh, more than two thirds of the roster was just flat out turnover. You you get a uh, regime change in the front office with Bill Zito coming in, and just this Florida Panthers team. I mean, last year I've said this on the show so many times. It's a uh, last year was the foundational season, um, and. If they like I've said this many times before, if they didn't run into the Tampa Bay Lightning, they would have advanced further into the playoffs, possibly going to the uh, semifinals, maybe. Uh, and now they're building off what they uh, did last season and they did mostly a run it back mentality uh, this time around. Just adding a few little itty bitty pieces in Sam Reinhardt uh, this offseason was the, really the biggest splash um, on draft night, and which made them very quiet. Uh, during free agency and for the most part and then you see the jumbo joe signing for a cheap one-year deal um and he gets his first uh goal of the season uh tonight on the power play against the against the coyotes where this was a weird game guys uh this was a really really weird game where the florida panthers were just dominating really early lots of zone time Every time the Arizona Coyotes got into the neutral zone, there was a check to create a rush the other way. And the one uh mistake that the Florida Panthers made early on, uh Mackenzie Weager and Aaron Eckblad, and there's a rush on the other end by Clayton Keller, and then goes five-hole on uh Spencer Knight. And then at, at that time I was thinking I was I, I was still not worried because of how dominant they were uh, early on in the shots on goal and Man, uh, this this was this was a weird game. Too close for comfort towards the end. We'll talk more about that in a bit.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, – the Coyotes have also had a, a fair amount of turnover. Um, something that we've been telling people that they're surprised to hear is there was, I think, eight players who played for the team all through last season are currently with the team this season. Uh, nine, if you count Victor Sostrom, who got a couple games in at the end. This is a completely different team, completely different head coach. Uh, they're still struggling to figure out uh, passing and in, in the neutral zone, uh, and the Panthers just were taking them apart in the in the first half of this game. Just could not break through. Uh, they they managed to get their second shot on goal, like what nine minutes into the second period, and that's just insane. You you very rarely see something like that in hockey nowadays.
0: Yeah, and I, I i was looking i was looking at the i was looking at the stats as well. Like at the at the end of the second period of attempted shots uh, in this one, after I don't know what the final numbers are, but after the second period, it was fifty six to sixteen in attempted shots, not shots on goal, Ew. attempted shots. So just the just the dominance of the uh, Florida Panthers. These are these are two teams that are headed in opposite directions. I I looked at cat friendly this morning when doing the preview show for this, uh, for this game. And I saw that there were 18 expiring contracts with RFAs and UFAs included 18 (laughs) of them for this team.
1: Yep. They are, uh, they're about to be a completely different team again next year. Uh, You are right. They're going in very different directions. Uh, I think, that number you highlighted, the best thing you could say about the Coyotes the first two periods is they did a halfway decent job at limiting actual Florida shots on goal. Cause you know, they were still being very badly outshot, but at least Florida wasn't able to just hammer uh, Carter Hutton and uh, Carol Vismelko like on net, like they were missing a lot or a lot of blocks. But, but yeah, it was just not a good start. And it, it took 40 minutes before the Coyotes seemed to be like ready to play this one. And that's what,
2: and, and that's what surprised me too. Cause again, I was, and I, I kept, look I kept looking at this and I'm just like, yeah, this seems like the game is probably going to happen. The Florida Panthers is just going to, you know, run all over once I was, and once they got to like four to one and was like, nah, this is done. We'll, we'll like I'll, 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 I can go ahead and turn this thing off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people did um and it was just like i have to write this recap and we have this podcast so mm-hmm. i'm gonna watch um and, and just kind of see because at least by the third period the Ks were were putting more shots on net they had more than they did in the entire first period which is not saying anything because again they had one shot on goal in the first period
0: Yeah, and the the total for uh, this one was uh, 41 to 21 uh, shots on goal. I'm looking at the third period shots as uh, we speak. Third period shots total, um, shots on goal, 13. While in the first two periods, they had eight. So the sense of urgency was there uh, for the Arizona Coyotes as as the game was getting towards the final uh, buzzer. And it, it just... It it showed based on how they were able to score uh, twice in the third period, making this a little interesting at the end.
1: Yeah. Do you think that was um that was more like the the Panthers kind of like falling back? Do you think that was like the Coyotes actually like finally coming into play? What did you see that uh, that breakdown as uh, from your end? The the
0: the second the second goal I I saw as um it was a good it was a good shot it went it was top shelf uh. Spencer Knight did lean lean forward a little bit uh and could it have been saved sure but O'Brien had a, a, a great shot on him too so when when someone's not really challenged all games you're not in rhythm you're not facing a lot of shots so you're a little bit lax so not 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 it it could have been 50-50 on that one that sure. one by Phil Kessel, man a, um two out of the three goals came out of uh turnovers so the, the first one and then the third one. So really, really the se- the second goal of the game was the real one that was that was probably the one that other than those two turnovers, it could have just been one goal that the Florida Panthers could have given up to the Arizona Coyotes. But yeah, um, sloppy defensive, um, sloppy um, play in their own zone in their own uh, zone at, at the end. And and then there their their offensive zone that created that uh breakaway by uh keller in in the beginning so uh it, it was it could have been a little bit of both you could argue
1: yeah definitely i mean it, it didn't look like the coyotes had suddenly gained control of the game by the third period like they were they were playing better they were playing with urgency like you said uh if they had been playing like that for a full 60 minutes who knows what it could have happened but um uh, I think there was definitely a bit of luck in there. Um, Florida seemed to get most of their their goals just like crashing the net and like going hard. Like we saw that with the Thornton goal. I think we saw that with uh, – what was it? Uh, who was the, the second uh, Florida goal? Uh, the Frank – Oh, uh, hey, Vitrano. Vitrano, yeah. If you want to know an example –
2: if we're not a good example of that too, I am actually looking at the natural stat trick um page for this for this game. And like what you were saying, Carl, that the Florida Panthers were crashing the net a lot more. High danger Corsi. Panthers 13. Coyotes two. Oof.
1: Two. Oh, that is rough.
2: That for is very high, rough. For, for high danger Corsi. Uh scoring chances though were a little bit closer. 27 17 in favor of, of, of Florida.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely like it was working for him, like picking up those rebounds. Like I, I wish the Coyotes had done more to to clear the net, um, and, and possibly it could have gone a different way. Uh, but there, there wasn't really like I don't know. It, it felt like there wasn't too much the Coyotes could really do, especially in the beginning. Florida was just playing on a completely different level. They would have had to come into the game like much better, uh, prepared for this one, uh, to even have a chance.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we still got more to get to on this, uh, on this episode. We'll, uh, finish our, any, our final thoughts on this game as well as, uh, take a look ahead for both what's coming up for both the Florida Panthers, as well as your Arizona Coyotes, all of that coming up in just a sec. Let's take a word from some of our sponsors. And this first one is from BetOnline. We're back and better than
0: ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your welcome bonus from basketball to football Baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online,
1: where the game starts. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
2: All right, so back here on the special crossover episode, Locked On Coyotes, Locked On Florida Panthers, Robin Leano, Carl Pavlik, and Armando Velez. As we break down the Arizona Coyotes and Florida Panthers game from uh, just the other night now, uh, for those who are, who are uh, now listening to this the next day, uh, 5-3 was, again, the final score in favor of the Florida Panthers. Uh, the uh, the Cats prevail over the Desert Dogs. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, let's this, 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 this be real. Florida Panthers now... Six and zero, Arizona Coyotes, oh five and one. Uh, you can like like what you were saying, Amando. This yeah, these teams going in different directions. But uh, what are some of your final thoughts on on this overall on this game and how, um, you know, again, how it was ended up being a nail biter towards the end. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I said it in the in the preview show today, and I talked about how if there was a game to get the power play right, it was this one because going into this game, I saw that the Arizona Coyotes on the PK were at 36%, which was the worst in the NHL. And there was just one, the one game to do it, it was this one. And the the Florida Panthers were able to convert uh, two out of their uh, three power play chances. The first one being uh, Joe Thornton and the second one uh, being Aaron Eckblad, which I thought it was originally tipped off of uh, Sam Bennett, but uh, the NHL at, confirmed that it was off Aaron Eckblad. And, I talk about all the time about how Aaron Eckblad was sorely missed on the power play last season after going down with that horrific fractured leg uh, last year in Dallas uh, towards the end of March. And yeah, that, that's a, that's a big takeaway that I take uh, from this game. And I think, I, I think from the Arizona side, um, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to judge this team when half of the roster won't even be there uh, next year, the, the fans, you guys, as podcasters, know what this season is is all about, and um, for and you got to give credit to Arizona because they got twenty block shots in this one. A lot of them early on, especially especially in that first period, where it looked like the Florida Panthers were just taking their lunch money, and they're still getting uh right in front of uh players' faces and just blocking shots and not creating uh too many uh scoring opportunities uh, for Florida, despite uh dominating the attempted shots by a wide margin. Can I ask
1: um because uh you guys did get that that goal on the power play. What did you think of the the penalty that preceded it? That was the um that was the, the single uh heading off of the instigator if I recall correctly. Uh and that was preceded by a, a pretty big hit by uh, Guzman on Connor Timmins. Timmins would miss the rest of the game. Uh, it sounds like he sustained a knee injury as a result of it. Uh, did you think that should have been a power play? I, honestly, I could kind of go either way with that one. Uh, I don't necessarily think it is the traditional instigator, what I, what I normally expect to see with an instigator penalty.
0: When there's a big hit and someone's injured, you're going to go after somebody. Yeah. Like, that's just, that, that's just, you're standing up for your teammate. So I was actually surprised that there was a power, that Florida was given a, a power play actually uh, for that, for, for Radko Gudis and uh, Ryan Dezingle, uh for both of them going into, into the box for, for that. And I'm just like, uh, okay. Uh, like, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I'm, I'm. Personally, uh, I'm a referee. I referee uh, lacrosse and I referee basketball. So I bring a lot of referee tactics to show. Referees miss calls all the time. Sometimes it's all about your angles. Um, Of course, fighting has nothing to do with angles. You just see initiation and then you see retaliation and all that stuff. And that's what happens a lot in sports in general. Uh, Florida has been actually a little fortunate with actual calls uh, this season. There was a call last week against the Colorado avalanche where Bob was out of his crease and Miko ranted and ran into him. And it was called for goalie interference when he was way out of his crease. And the, the Florida Panthers got a power play goal out of that. So the, you, as a fan of this team, you, you count your lucky stars when it's there, but of course, when it goes against you, it's, you know, it's the <laughs> other way around. But uh, as um, I, I, I was surprised that it, was, but to get back to your uh, question, it was it was it it was a surprise that it was because usually when you just see a typical hockey fight, you see both of them five minutes, okay, and then you you move on.
1: Yeah, you very rarely see the instigator and both players getting assessed to fighting, uh, and I think you guys definitely got away with one other one, um, and that was in the third period. Uh, it was. Uh, Victor Sosham getting called for roughing against Mason Marchand. Uh I, I watched that and it looked like he was doing just a face wash from behind and he went down like he was shot. I was like, oh, that was rough. That was uh, kind of a weak call, especially when we saw like what, what kind of happened later in that third. Uh, I, I'm not saying that the refs caused this one i was just like oh man we're just not getting the penalties today uh because you see that all the time like you'll see a, a team get get a get maybe more and trust me i've seen the coyotes get away with a lot and they got away with a lot during that game too but there was mm. just a few instances where i'm like ah oh, does that really need to be called i can i can see that one not being called mm. I,
0: I i think of it as not necessarily the hit and not necessarily Mason Marchment going down because he did have a penalty um, in that same sequence. It was a delayed call. He had the hooking against Victor Soderstrom. And then it was just a, it it, it was just like a mental thing for Soderstrom is like when to grab your hand and just knock him down. Even if it, even if, uh, even if Mason Marchment uh, exaggerated the contact, it's just, again, refereeing is all about angles. What you, what do you see? Um, from from a specific spot and maybe he saw him going down a little bit and his body the body of soderstrom was right in front of him so he didn't get to see a different angle that he could have seen an exaggeration of, of it a possible one. so that so the referee sees it as the team is losing they were down uh four to one at that time or, or uh three, yeah. three to one so three to one at the time so they see it as okay it, it, they see it as game management. Managing sure. the game so things don't get worse, things don't a bigger fight doesn't break out. So I see it as that's why you make the call, not necessarily for the fall or not necessarily for the the hit itself, but it's just the initiation of it going after him.
1: Sure. And, and I will say that this was definitely uh, a learning game for Victor Sosham. He hmm. did not look good. He he missed a couple of passes. He Caused a couple of turnovers and um you know he's a rookie. He needs to to learn to control the temper. He drew that penalty. He should not have like reacted at all. Shouldn't have even risked it um like getting even up. Like if the guy is getting a power play there, that could have been a different thing. Um and, and it's I, I hope sostrom like learns from that and, and doesn't, you know, take any more dumb penalties like that. Because you're right, like he doesn't know where the referee is, like it, it looks, it can look bad. It looked bad in the initial angle. It wasn't till I saw the replay from like behind. And it's just like, Oh, that is obviously a sell. Um, and you know, you just can't do that in the NHL, especially when you're down. Cause you're right. Like referees are looking at it and like, is, is this like retaliation? Can we like prevent this from going crazy? Are the coyotes going to just start dropping the gloves? Cause I think, um, who. There was almost another fight in the second, if I recall correctly. Um, I think it was O'Brien trying to go with—I uh, uh, don't remember—with uh, hmm—it uh, escapes me. But yeah, you, you're right. It, it's definitely something where they um, the refs re- seem to be like trying to control the game, which I can appreciate. You don't want anyone to get hurt. You don't want anything to escalate too badly.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I've had to break up. Um, I've I've had to break up my fair share of, of fights on on the field, uh, and it's not fun. Uh, for at least at the not. high school level, you have to write reports after and then send them to the state. So uh, I can't even imagine on the NHL level and the professional level.
1: Yeah, I, I've watched a, a fair amount of ho- uh, college hockey, and it's. Uh, I believe it was an automatic one game suspension for the ACHA if you are fighting uh and pretty much the only time i saw was like fights was blowout losses or whenever the asu sun devils played the U of A wildcats and that's just because those teams hate each other it works mm. that
2: that way in the acha it also works that way in um from what i remember in the anaheim ducks high school hockey league that's where my high school was a part of uh, the fight spec that we were a, a norcal school um but, uh, yeah, one-game suspension from those things. And, yeah, the refs have to deal with
1: a lot of stuff on that. It's
2: like, oof, man.
1: Yeah, I, I would not want to be a referee in a sport where people are carrying sticks. That just seems like a bad <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> temper's grace, especially for yourself. High schoolers with sticks, uh, God, that seems like it would result in just so many things. Uh, those boys have much more control than I did in high school. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, yeah. I referee. I referee middle school and high school lacrosse. So, the, 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 it's a some some people are out of control, and then under a certain level, fourteen U, especially you can't do any one handed checks, So people, a lot of people try winding up, and I have to throw a flag every single time. And then yeah, yeah so and then sometimes uh, fights will break out. And in, in the state of Florida, uh, it's a five hundred dollar fine for the school for uh, uh, for getting an ejection. At least in this, at least in Florida. So for the FHSAA so Wow, that's
1: actually um, fun fact. Yeah, that's uh, that's surprisingly harsh, uh, especially for Florida. I always <laughs> think of Florida as the uh, most lax state. Yeah, mm. like if you've ever seen Metalocalypse, when Nathan Explosion becomes governor of Florida, I think of it like that.
2: Mm, definitely. <laughs> All right, we still got more to get to on this episode. We will take now a look ahead to what's coming up for both the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes. Once again, special crossover, Locked On Coyotes, Locked On Panthers. Before we get to that, though, I want to let you guys know, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. The ever-increasing number of makes and models is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure off a pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto, and why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to Rock Auto, a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet i know one thing's for sure is once i get my mustang back from the shop i might go ahead and go to rockauto.com and uh uh, get some extra repairs anything that they might have missed just uh it's like oh i need this rock auto is gonna be my place to go um but I want you guys to go ahead and check it out yourself. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about a box city? So they know that we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need Rockauto.com. Okay. So now let's go ahead and uh, take a look forward. Um, before we get to anything crazy, I do have a uh, report. Um, Craig Morgan is got, got a little update for us. Uh, based off injuries, because we know Carter Hutton, Connor Timmins, and Ryan Dezingle all out with injuries. Um, he has a report that the Coyotes will be recalling defenseman Cam Deneen and goalie Ivan Prosvatov up from the Tucson Roadrunners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is what's coming up for Arizona.
1: Uh, Let's see, who are they playing next? Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? Oh, that's going to be fun.
2: Oh,
0: Great. <laughs> They lost tonight to Buffalo 5-1. to one.
1: Yeah, but what? Buffalo is, like, weird to start the season. I don't know. Like, you're not – I don't understand how the Buffalo Sabres lose uh, Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel and are a better team because of it. Like, I'm sure a lot of – a lot of people right now are like, "See, this proves Eichel was a locker room cancer or something." I'm like, "No, that is." I don't
0: buy that. No dumb
1: luck right now, uh, and some great saves, but yeah, I do not trust the fact that the Sabers were able to beat the Lightning. Me, the Coyotes can. It just does not work in my mind.
0: So, um, one thing, one thing that I wanna ask you guys as. This season is an obvious uh, rebuild season for the Arizona Coyotes. I mentioned earlier in the show, 18 expiring contracts. UFAs and RFAs combined, I counted $28 million in in cap hit for next season with an 81.5 uh, ceiling. Where, where did the
1: Arizona Coyotes go from here? Uh, I think it's really it's it's going to depend on how things work at the lottery um that's going to be key like if they can win the lottery get get first overall draft Shane Wright who apparently is not having a good start to the year Uh, I'm not sure but I'm sure that'll pick up then I could see them maybe speeding things up uh otherwise I think that the Coyotes are probably like they've preached patience Uh, and letting their players properly develop. Um, They seem to be following through with that. They sent Dylan Gunther back before even getting a game to make sure that he gets almost his entire junior year. Uh, I can see the KODs having another bad year next year. Um, And maybe year three of the rebuild, we finally start seeing some improvements.
2: Yeah, and that, and that, that also goes to with, you know, just uh, and the way we've been we've been trying to preach to you is, is yeah, like like we were saying, not rushing development because the Arizona Coyotes, that's what their focus is on developing their players. Um, I'm lucky to be down in Tucson where I'm watching that development scene. Um, one of the guys that we actually got from um, from, uh, uh, yeah, from, from, you know, from the state of Florida in Vladislav Koyachanuk. Mm-hmm. Um, got him. Um, I was a huge that that that, was, and he's he's looked pretty well in Tucson. Um, also seen Vladislav Provenev, seen Liam Kirk, um, and a lot of other guys in Tucson who are going to be the future of the franchise, and we don't want to rush them because uh, the Coyotes have made that mistake before. They've made a mistake trying to bring their guys up too early. I'll reference Dylan Strome, and they put him up too early, and then he was misused and then they sent him back down and he was just in this endless cycle before getting traded to chicago Um, and now he's in trade rumors in in chicago right now as
0: well Mm -hmm. uh
1: i think another player that ended up in chicago that may have been rushed was Connor murphy like i he did not look great in his first couple years uh, with the coyotes trade him to uh chicago for nicholas yarmilson I I was fine with that trade at the time. I thought they won it. Um, Seeing Murphy develop into a solid defenseman, um, I think the scales may have tipped, but the Coyotes have just a long history of rushing players. Going all the way back to the Gretzky era, um, when just everything you heard about Gretzky as a coach was basically like, what, I can do this. Why can't you do this? Um, We need the skill guys. Rush uh, Kyle Turris, get him up here immediately um and then you know with coach Tippett like it was a completely different thing where it's like no we need to have a bunch of veteran guys so what are we gonna do with Blake Wheeler I don't know um this is like the first time the Coyotes seem to have a actual development plan and I think fans kind of appreciate that the team bringing back the the white Kachina jerseys is like hey you're in for rough times. You want you like the white jersey though, right? So why don't you just yeah, mm-hmm. hold on to this for a while? And,
2: and I'll say the biggest thing too is um, where we like we've been preaching that, but so have the so has the like, everyone in in hockey ops. Um, Andre Torney, their head coach; Bill Armstrong, their general manager; and John Ferguson, the assistant general manager and GM of the Roadrunners, have all they all preach the same exact thing about making sure this is a fresh start, making sure that. They don't rush anything. They, that everyone should be patient for the future.
1: And now I have a question for you, Armando. Uh, mm-hmm. Sergey Bobrovsky, first year, not good. Mm-hmm. Last year, a little bit better. This year, red hot. Do you guys expect him to like play a full season like this? Like, what's going on with that? Because I, I can't, for the life of me, figure it out.
0: It's funny because this start is just so—it's so great, but it's so—it's so confusing all at the same time, and confusing in a great way. Because going into the season and the offseason, I said you're not going to see Vesna Caliber, Sergey Bobrovsky anymore. If he can get his save percentage even in the 915, nine fifteen, nine eighteen uh, range, it's a victory for the Florida Panthers and because of how they're able to score on the other end. You just need Bobrovsky to not give up too many goals and cost this team a game. And my, my goodness, his, his I'm, I'm going to read you his, uh, I'm going to read you his numbers right now. 1.99 goals against average 942 save percentage in four games. Like yeah. th- I did not, no way did I, I see this coming. And I was, I, I went to the gym today and I was just refreshing I was refreshing my, maybe like my Instagram in between uh, sets. And I saw that Puck Empire right now. Vesna trophy favorites. It said Sergey Bobrovsky was number one. I'm just like, I'm not ready to go there. I'm I'm not. But I mean,
2: it, it's still a long season. So yes,
0: a 482
2: yeah. game season. Like there's a long way to go.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I've uh, said on the show, and I've been using the hashtag uh, dad, Bob, because he just became a, a father for, uh, for for the first time. Uh, so uh, maybe that's a motivation for Sergey Borovsky to have better play. He did delete all of his uh, social media, which was a big story by uh, George Richards of uh, Florida Hockey Now that about um, d- giving um, taking away all the distractions from what was going on in his uh, first two years. And so maybe that has a lot to do with uh, why Sergey Borovsky is just playing to the level that he has Um, He's he's always in the training room. He's always he's always training all the time. So and he's won the Vesna Trophy twice already in his career. And I think he also sees that in the in Spencer Knight with him starting the last two games in that first round series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was motivation for him. Uh, There's five years left on that crazy contract, uh, ten million dollars a year, and there's two years left on. Spencer Knight's um, rookie deal to, uh, on his ELC. and something I've said over the summer is you can't you can't buy out Sergey Rabrowski right now. You can't, no way in hell. Yeah. Uh, by the time Spencer Knight's contract expires, you got to make a decision whether or not to do it. I'm not endorsing uh, doing it, but you got to make a decision, and if and there's still plenty of time to to see what you get out of this version of Sergey Rabrowski. I, I compare the contracts, like the term um, to Carey Price and the age to Carey Price, because they're very similar in age and cap hit. Performance is on a different level, of course. Even sure. though the um, Carey Price hasn't played this year, but my goodness, <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky is starting to look like what Carey Price looked like in the playoffs just uh, uh, this past uh, this past summer. But man, great start. And the as far as uh goals against. Um, It's helped because the Florida Panthers uh, are one of the leading teams in goals against, um, and they're leading the league in goal differential right now. Uh, The website hasn't refreshed on NHL.com, but it's going to refresh to plus 15 uh, for the season, and it's best in the league. They're one of the four undefeated teams still, and goaltending, Coach Quenville actually talked about it in his uh, presser after morning skate today about how that is the main reason on why uh, the Florida Panthers are where they are right now.
1: And and goaltending is definitely like, I think every like hockey person knows like goaltending is something that we do not understand um, to a certain Mm -hmm. level. Um, Like the way you're talking about it, where the Spencer Knight, like kind of pushing Bobrowski to like do better. Uh, I think we saw kind of the opposite with Mike Smith when he was with the Coyotes, um, where if he had someone who looked like he was like chomping at the bit to get the net, like Smith kind of maybe freaked out a little bit. like he lost his confidence a little bit. He didn't necessarily have that same push. You kind of move him away from that situation. Like it's surprising that he is still playing with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think part of that is at forty. Yeah, I think Tippett likes him uh, and he's comfortable in that system. Um, and, you know, he's not the best, but still the fact that he's still around when so many times with the Coyotes, I was just like, this is going to be his like last year, like total. But but no, it keeps going. Like goaltenders are, are a different breed of player and only goaltenders understand him. The rest of us are just trying to like read tea leaves to figure it out.
0: Absolutely. And you know, in order especially when you're crouching down into the butterfly position and your and your skates are at a certain level, uh in order to like move from one way or the other and keeping that balance as well and to get back up as well, that's not easy. I, 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 I can't I can't ever I can't ever be too critical about a goalie and how and it's an art. Goaltending is an art. It is, it yeah. is.
1: My left ankle is already giving me problems, and I'm only 33. I'm like, oh, I got to start, like, stretching this more because it, it feels like it's giving out. I can only imagine 40-year-old Mike Smith getting into a butterfly and just what a difference of shape he has versus me.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll say he has McDavid on the other side. Uh, last time I checked, 13
2: points in uh, five games. Oof. yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. That dude's a cheat code. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He, I, I think he's going to get 150 points this season. Like that yeah. is insane to say, but he he was on pace for it last year. I think he's going to do it. Uh, he's not going to get a chance to play the Coyotes as many times as he was when they were in the Pacific, but he'll find uh, a bunch of teams to beat up on, and uh, it's going to be brutal.
2: I mean, he is in mm-hmm. the Pacific Division still, so yeah, still all the California teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, but then I mean, then again, I think i mean besides anaheim the other two are doing relatively de- i mean la a little bit better than expected san jose much better than expected but anyways but, but no Bifield neither that's a, that's for a whole nother uh discussion but we are running just about uh, um out of time we're running a little bit over on this just to let you guys know that coming up for both teams the florida panthers next game will be wednesday they play the boston bruins year Arizona Coyotes they play Thursday that's when they will be facing the Tampa Bay Lightning all that coming up this week for both teams um but and we'll we'll go ahead and bre- and, and be able to break those down as we get closer um you can also you, you can definitely follow Armando let us know where we can follow you so we can uh check in with you guys every now and then. Uh they can follow me on Twitter at mondoman 12 and
0: check out the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts and follow the show account on Twitter for the Florida Panthers. Locked On Photo Panthers podcast at L-O underscore
2: F-L-A Panthers. And for us, once again, um, you can follow us at Robiano1 and at Carl Pavlik FFH. Our show is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Um, you can follow us and find us wherever you get your podcast. So you can do that as well. But that is going to be it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Panthers. Uh, if you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, a like, a comment um like i said we're available every get your podcast the coyotes podcast now available on youtube um so you can find us there subscribe if you have yet to already um and don't forget to interact with us all of us on social media ask us any questions we might be able to answer them on a future episode of the podcast thanks again everyone for listening to today's episode thanks to armando for joining us on this episode hope you guys are staying safe out there hope you guys are staying healthy and don't forget to howl on
0: so if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosstack NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, where will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collins leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, I'm de Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.